This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Our degrees are what Virginia employers are looking for. Get the in-demand skills you need to land your dream job. Visit onlinevirginia.net to explore online degree options from our partner Virginia colleges and universities and find the right program for you. Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Welcome to Cottage Talk. I am Russ Goldman. Co-hosting with me today is Scott Tanfield and John Cummins. This is another chat with the guys from Friends of Fulham, and we'll be talking about several topics in regards to Fulham Football Club. I look forward to getting their thoughts on several topics, but before we do anything, I have to welcome them back to the show. It's been a little bit. Mr. Tanfield, how are you doing? I'm very well, Russ. You? I'm doing great. I look forward to doing the show with you. We certainly have a good amount to talk about. Yeah, interesting. I think... Um... It's been a little bit quiet on the transfer front, but I think we're getting a few rumours coming now. Um, with limited time till the start of the summer, uh, sorry, start of the season, you know, things have really got to start picking up. So uh, plenty to talk about. Absolutely, John, how you doing, my friend? I'm doing really well, Russ, really well. Okay, very good there, my friend. I enjoyed having you on before, and I got great feedback from the last time you guys came on. So I'm glad we could do this again. Hopefully, we can do this several times because you guys were great. All right, let's uh, get into this. We do have some very interesting speculation that broke today. And, uh, Scott, I'm going to start with you. This has been going on for a few days now, but it really got hot and heavy. I want to say probably early this afternoon in England, in the morning for me, it's a situation with Jean-Michel Serri. And uh, I actually saw this from DiMarzio, tweeted this out, that it was a done deal. And uh, I got all excited, honestly. but. 
as we both know, this is speculation at this point until a player shows up in a foam shirt or holding something that's foam related. We know it's not a done deal yet, but this was encouraging this morning. I want to get your thoughts on all this speculation because this player is highly rated. And not only do I want to talk about the player, but I want to talk about the ambition from the club to target a player like this. Yeah. Um, as we know, we've been through this before with Roland. Um, for all we know, he, he might be over here just to collect his Wimbledon tickets and then he, <laughs> he shoots off to, to go and sign for Bayern Munich. Um, right. You know, we, 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 we've had this before. I mean, don't get me wrong. The, um, you know, the speculation, um, the rumours with this player are, are, are quite good. You know, he, he, he's a top player. Um, with us, we're, you know, we're, we are punching above our weight there. But, you know, the owners are ambitious. Um, I mean, you know, the bookies seem to have him odds on in coming. But like you say, the problem we got is, I think we've learned as Fulham fans now not to really kind of wet ourselves too much until we see the player holding the shirt That's right. at Mosper Park, you know? Absolutely, Scott. But before I go to John, this is something that John and I were talking about off air before uh, we started the show. And want to get your thoughts on the ambition, because like you just said, the owners are ambitious. And uh, I felt that way before uh, the end of last season when I, when I read some uh, program notes from Shad Khan talking about, you know, I'm paraphrasing if Fulham got back to the Premier League, that basically they wanted to compete. And targeting a player like this just shows me that Fulham are, are not looking at this just as survival. Like most fans are first season back in the Premier League, you just want to survive. I don't think Shad Khan and Tony Khan are looking at that way, Scott. No, I don't think they should be. I mean, um, it's a norm to come up, you know, do just a little bit to survive, um, you know, and the expectation is maybe go down again, take your parachute payments and, and, and go again. Um, you know, they are ambitious. And, you know, I think a club of, of Fulham stature now sort of, you know, in, in, in London uh, competing with, you know, sort of other London clubs, we, we need to do something different. Um, and I've always said that we can't, you know, we can't come back like we did last time. The Premier League has changed quite a bit. Um, we won't survive with the same model that we had before. You know, we've got to do something different. Uh, we've got to come back a much stronger stronger club, not just on the pitch, but, you know, off it as well, Russ. Um, right. and I've always believed that. But on on the other side of the coin, I've always said, that, you know, it's all right targeting these type of players, but, you know, we've really got to come through. Um, it's OK maybe sort of adding one or two of these players, but you've got to look at sort of strength in depth as well. And, you know, we've got to add quality all over the park um, to compete in this division. Um, so, you know, with a month to go, it's, you know, it, it's certainly starting to high up a little bit. Very good point there, Scott. And uh, actually, one question that I have later on, we'll kind of address that and we can go back to that in a little bit, talking about depth and players coming in, how many players full need. And we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit later. John, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on all this speculation and, and my thoughts on this, that, again, I feel this is positive that former targeting player like this. Scott brings up a good point. However, we do need several players. I will say anywhere between five to eight players. So you yeah. can target one or two players like this to bring in, but you also have to have other players that can do a job for you. So I understand where Scott's coming on it, but I do like the fact that they are targeting someone like this. And I think it shows, it sends a message to not just other players, other teams, other agents. Fulham are in it to win it, not to win the Premier League, but meaning that they want to compete. That's when I'm talking about win it. They want to compete. Your thoughts? I 
Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it shows um, a, a level of expectation from the Khans, which is above anything we've, we've seen in a long, long time. Um, probably since the, the days of uh, the Jean Tigonard team, which was a premiership team that he put together in the, uh, the championship. And um, the, the success that that brought was incredible. And it, uh, it got us into the Premier League. And we stayed there for 13 seasons. Um, and we all know what's happened since then. But, um, but the, the, the fact that we're t- even discussing somebody of, of serious quality potentially wearing a Fulham shirt. It's incredible. Exactly. It's, it's just, well, I, I, you know, I was just saying, you know, you all must expect be like George Best when, when he came to us. Yes, he was way past his prime, but it was a big, big sign, a big, big thing to happen. And this, this could be as big. Um, and, yeah, we, Scott's right. We, we need... Uh, a lot more journeyman type players um, of the I right totally sort of quality. Yes. Um, but to have one or two real eye catchers in there will 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 half help everyone. It will really lift the um, everyone's views on what Fulham is and uh, where we intend to be. Absolutely, John and. Uh... It's going to help with recruitment. If they could bring in a player like this, other players are going to want to come to play for Fulham, even if it's not at his level. If say it's a level, yeah. couple levels below that can do a job like Scott's talking about, if they know that this player is willing to come to Fulham, why not me? And that's why it becomes this trickle-down domino effect. That if, you know, again, even just being in the ballpark to talk about a player like this, I think can really do some really good, dividends for Fulham. That's why I'm just happy even with the speculation. I know that doesn't sound great because obviously I'd rather have the player, but I think it's about changing the mentality that some have. And and there's, you know, again, there's a, there's a book on Fulham of who we are. And I think the cons are trying to change that book. And that to me is what's uh, really encouraging about this. And that's going to even go back to you because again, this goes to what Scott's talking about bringing in other players. I'm going to read a, a tweet but, earlier today from Dean Jones from the Bleacher Report because we are talking about Surrey, but he also mentions a couple of other players. This is what he tweeted out earlier. Foam confident that deals for Surrey, Mitrovic, and Augustinson will all be over the line soon. Okay, that's the Swedish yeah. left back, and we all know about Mitro. And then, of course, yeah. you're talking about Surrey. Thoughts on this? Again, Augustinson is not going to be at the level that we're talking about, but Surrey, but, but it might go to a player being able to do a job. And, of course, we know what we're going to get with Mitrovic. Your thoughts about Fulham being linked to these other two players? Did, well, if you look at the, the squad we're trying to build and with the existing players we've got also, uh, with Tom Kearney and Ryan Sessegnon, we're building the spine of a team that will be very, very good. And for not just this next season or the season after, but for seasons to come. And it, and it is a statement of intent. And I, I think this is the Khans really turning around and saying, well, we told you this is what we're going to do. We told you what <laughs> this is what we wanted. 
oh, and by the way, look, this is how we're going to achieve it. Um, if individually any of those three players, if they'd have signed, providing we got a, a few other good good journeyman players, I think we'd have all would turn around and say we've had a fantastic uh, transfer window. If we get all three of them, that's yeah, that that that's that's incredible. Really good. Yeah, I totally agree. And but uh, I think you would also agree that it, it can't just stop there. We still have to bring another oh, no, player. No, 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 but... no, absolutely. Uh, um, but I, someone was uh, on the forum that was saying about how well Cardiff are doing. They're bringing in all these different players. But well, if you look at the quality of players right. they're bringing in compared exactly. to who we're talking about, right? It's chalk and cheese. Absolutely. They're targeting championship players yeah. that they think that that can step up. We are looking at players that are on a different level, and that just yeah. shows the ambition difference. Absolutely, and um, it, it's almost as if they're preparing to go straight back down again. <laughs> That's what it feels like to me. Very good there, John. Scott, over to you. I want to get your thoughts on all this because uh, I saw this speculation early today from Dean, and uh, Dean is someone that I respect. So for him to say this, I, I do give it some weight. What are your thoughts about them targeting Along with Sari Mitrovic and also Augustinson, what does it tell you? Yeah, I mean, it, it shows our ambition, uh, our levels of ambition there. Um, but you're right. I mean, it's, we, we can't just stop there. We, no. I'm, I'm sure we're going we're to talk about this later. I mean, we're going to need more additions in, in that side. Um, oh, absolutely. But I mean, but I've just got this feeling that Southampton are not going to let Target go. Um, I mean, even for ten million, I don't think we're going to see him in a Fulham shirt. It'd be nice to, but I just don't. Yeah. I, I think they're rating too highly to to let him go, especially to you know someone that's new in in, in the Premiership. Um, you know, Mitrovic, I, I feel he, he's part of that team that come up the togetherness. Um, I think the connections between him, um, Djukanovic, and, and and the rest of the players in that squad, I think it's important to have him in and around. The squad, but also you know, and I feel another striker is going to be needed there as well. Um, sure. You know, so totally agree. you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm hopeful. I mean, we're in a different situation now. We're not in the Championship targeting Roland. We, you know, we are in the Premiership, and you know, we we can offer something a little bit different. Um, I mean, I'm just reading here from the forum now. Uh, one of the members called Stevie Boy is just posted not so long ago on on the transfer speculation thread. Um, I mean, he's Sky Bet have us down at one to ten for him to join. Borussia Dortmund ten to one, Chelsea fourteen to one, West Ham twenty eight to one, Arsenal thirty three to one. So they know something, and he, he's put at the bottom, and you never see a poor bookie, you know. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a very good point there, my friend. But again, are you encouraged by who Fulham are linked to? Because again. It, I think it, it's been tight getting information out of them this season, especially. We, we have to hear from, it usually seems like journalists from uh, outside of England that we get some information on, like Sweden. And then, of course, we're, we're hearing this uh, about uh, France as well. It's difficult yeah. to get information. But when you get these names, and then to John's point, when you look at the players that Cardiff are bringing in, Scott, I think they're setting themselves up, like John is saying, to potentially go right back down because they're not, I don't think they're targeting the right players. I think Fulham are. Yeah. Well, I think we've also got to be careful. Um, we see Borough do it when they come up last time. They went out and got... Um, who was the goalkeeper they signed? Uh, we played for Barcelona. Um, went on to... Was it Manchester United as well? I'm not sure. 
I can't remember, but they made three or four big signings, right. um, and they come straight back down. They never really sort of spread the love over the squad. Um, you know, I don't think Cardiff are doing anything wrong um, in regards to buying championship players. I mean, they might just be sort of, you know, bulking out their squad now, and you might find that they will add a couple of other quality sort of players towards the end of the window when, when prices are getting better. Okay. Um, you know, at the end of the day, would I have liked our activity to be sort of a little bit more advanced? Yes. Um, we've only got a month to go, and I know we're sitting here talking, and this is the negative side of me coming out now, I know we're sitting here talking about these acquisitions and everything else, but, you know, we've, we've apart from kind of adding a signature to um, Tom Kearney and, and Tim Bream, we've not done a lot yet. You know, sure. um, we're still kind of in the same. Well, we're actually in a weaker position than we was when we when we sort of finished the championship because loan players have gone back. We right. you know we can't get hold of target, and we still haven't brought Mitch Pitch back. So I'm still, and I'm sure with the rest of the fans, are still slightly nervous in regards to our, our current situation. You know, right, Scott, and that's uh, understandable based on everything that you said. Loan players go back. No one new has come in. We're going to talk about the re-signings of uh, Reem and also Tom Kearney coming up. And I think they're significant, but like you mentioned, we still need, and I'll say it again, I think anywhere between five to seven to eight players, and uh, nothing has come through the door yet, and we're hopeful that it will. But again, it's interesting what you just said, Scott, because you're looking at the Cardiff situation a little bit differently than I am. You're thinking that they're taking care of business and eventually maybe the very end when the prices go down, then they pounce on someone that can really help them. Some of a more significance than they've signed so far. And that, that could be true. That's, that's a very interesting way to look at it. And that also has me go back to think about Scott, because you're talking about how we can't really just focus on two to three players. I'm going to give you an example of, of uh, I think your way of thinking here, Ross McCormack, we go down and we get Ross McCormack. What else did we actually bring in besides Ross McCormack? Again, some players that we thought could help us, but it really didn't work out. We basically put all of our eggs in the basket with Ross McCormack, and it just didn't work out. Is that kind of the wavelength where you're going on this when we're talking yeah, about someone think, like Sari? I think that was slightly different, though, because we also put our faith in a basket case when we went down, and <laughs> I think that was half the reason true. why you know, we, 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 we got rid of players like Stockdale and you know a few players there like Hangland that probably still would have hung around at their age to do a job, you know. Yep. We have somebody that thought that they could win the championship by, you know, sort of putting, you know, 16, 17 year old kids, and it just was never going to happen. No. Um, but the point I was getting at is, is, is that whole kind of balance. I mean, we're new to the division. We're not obviously going to, you know, we're not going to kick off straight away. I mean, we need to find, um, I think, an even kill in regards to settling that division, not just for next season, but the season beyond. And I think we need a good base to do that. Sure. The, the guy I was talking about at Borough, sorry, was Victor Valdez. Um, oh, yeah. They, 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 you know, they went out and bought players of that calibre. They bought about four or five, and then they took a chance on a couple of others. But they never really sort of spread the love over the squad. I'd like to see us, you know, w- with these players that we're buying, also buy good squad players as well, um, yeah. because I think it's going to be needed. So that, that's what I'm hoping we'll do. Uh, but we've got a month to go. And as I see it, you know, we're, we're no further down the line. I've got faith. I've got, you know, I've got trust in, in what they're going to do. But I just, you know, I want to see some players in. I'm with you, Scott. Totally with you. I, I understand everyone getting nervous about it. I'm nervous too. And uh, I just have a feeling that they will get the players that they need. But 
Only time will tell. Like you said, there's only a month to go, so the pressure is starting to build. All right, Scott, I'm going to go right back to you. Let's now talk about Savisa because there's been speculation lately of a new deal for him. And actually, Dean Jones tweeted this out earlier today on the Bleacher Report. This is his tweet. The contract talks with Jokovic progressing well, too. So expect him to extend his stay at Fulham. This is obviously good news, but we need to actually see a deal done with Savisa. But I'm going to ask you this. I want to get your thoughts on the speculation with a new deal for Savisa. But I actually think this might even be more important than the signings of Kearney and Ream. Uh, I think this is very important to get a new deal done with him because I think it affects everything that they do. What are your thoughts about where I'm coming with Jokovic? I think they need to get a deal done with him. Obviously, you want to bring in all the players, but I think it's imperative that they get a new deal done with uh, Savisa as soon as possible. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, you know, new heights, new new contracts, new challenge. Um, but also what comes with that as well, Russ, as we know, are, are new risks. Um, sure. He's done, he's unproven at that level. We don't know yet, um, you know, whether he's going to do a job up there or, or whether he, you know, he will fail. Um, I've got, again, um, belief in, in, in what he can do as a coach and I'm hoping that he goes on to, 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 to bring better things to the club. As it stands, I still believe that he's got a year left on his current contract. That doesn't end till the end of the summer 2019. So, I think the club are still a little bit flexible in regards to contract terms with him and what they can offer. Um, the only thing that I think they might be concerned about is obviously that they will need to tie him down in case he starts off well and then someone comes in and pinches him. Um, but yeah, I you know, from what he done last season, I would love to see him have a new deal and um, I'm, I'm hoping it comes along pretty soon. Okay, so you would be careful of what type of deal you would offer him to see if he can prove himself first in the Premier League, like, like a long-term deal. You would maybe give him a shorter-term deal, Scott? I think so. I think, I'm think i not saying it's not short-short. I mean, maybe a couple of years' extension, maybe pushing it to three or something like that. As I say, we don't, we don't know to this day you know, what, what he's going to achieve in, in the Premiership. I'm hoping he's going to achieve a lot. But, you know, it, it could be the case come Christmas that we're bottom. Um, you know, and you've got to unfortunately get rid of him it's going to cost you a bucket load of money i'm just saying that the club still kind of has an option there i think they've still got that extra year yet taken yep. into the summer of 19 to be a little bit flexible there um but you know he, he deserves it and, I, and i'm pretty sure they're sitting down trying to thrash something out bigger job you know bigger requirements and he's naturally going to want more money absolutely and uh who could blame him for wanting more money and uh and a longer term deal John, I want to get your thoughts on all this and also what Scott and I were just talking about, the uh, length of, of a potential deal for Savisa. I understand where Scott's coming on this. Would you wait a little bit, maybe give him a shorter-term deal, or would you just come all out and give him a long-term deal to uh, make Savisa more happy? If you were Shai Khan and Tony Khan, what type of deal would you put to uh, Savisa to get this done? And, and, and also, do you see this as important as I do? Uh, yes, I, I think it is important. Um I think we need a, a level of stability um, within the club that we haven't had for a while. Um, and last year, I, or last season, I think that Slavisa proved himself uh, to, to be a, the right sort of manager for Fulham. Uh, regardless of what division we're in, if we're in the Premiership, if we're in the Championship, if we're in League One or League Two, he's the right type of manager for Fulham. Um, he plays the type of football we want to see. Um, he, 
it's not really negative boring and it's not hoofball it, it's just a joy to watch um and it's brought its own rewards um you can say well we should have got automatic promotion and if we'd have started off better last season then then we would have got it and um I'd, I'd have to agree with that but having said that I really, really, really enjoyed my day out at Wembley and wouldn't give that up for anything in the world. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed that very much, John. Go ahead. And Yeah, and, and um, I, I must you know, just publicly thank Scott for that because he enabled me to get there. Oh, that's so, great. Um, but a, a three-year contract is the minimum I'd give him. Okay. Um, I think anything less than that, he'd probably look at that and say, well, Come on, lads, what do I have to do? What do I have to do to prove myself? It's obvious what he has to do is that he has to keep us there um, and we have to become uh, successful with, within the premiership. Sure. Now, what success means to you and me is probably slightly different to what it means to Tony and Shahid Khan and to Slavisa himself. Um, so that's all very subjective, but I... I I think that having him as our manager playing the style of football that he wants us to play will help us keep our current players and attract really good new ones. Um, I I just think that he he is the right man for the Fulham job At, at this moment in time. Five years' time, that might be different. Three years' time, that might be different. But I don't think it's going to be different at the end of next season, regardless of what happens. Right. And you bring up a good point because um, tying him down right now, I think, is extremely important because, as you said, maybe in five years time or even as small as, say, two to three years time, things might change. But in the meantime, when you're trying to build something, you're building what we would say over here, a program, you're building something. He needs to be in place and he needs to be secure. So then. He can do his job, but what it will also do, and Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this, because I think Slavisev, not just with Mitrovic, helps with recruitment for better players. Because if they know that Slavisev is going to be under contract for, say, three to five years, that is something that might help decide. You know, it could be a decision maker for a potential player that wants to come to Fulham because they know the style of play that Slavisev plays. Obviously, we know that a manager can can get sacked at any time. But when you're looking at it on the face of it right now, that he's here and he's got a, again, you know, a, a new contract, that might entice you to come to play for someone like that based on everything that Savisa offers. So I want to get your thoughts on that angle, part of this. Yeah, but I mean, I've always said um, there's there's a reason why Kearney has signed a new long-term deal. Um, right. He wouldn't have just done it for the sake of it. I mean, obviously... Um, there's Premiership wages there. Um, you, you, you'll probably find that he has doubled his salary now we're in the Premiership. Um, but that level of commitment kind of tells you that something is boiling behind the scenes, that there's right. going to be a kind of a chain effect of, you know, uh, people sort of committing to Fulham Football Club, be it the coach, be it, you know, certain signings that they may have heard about or maybe ideas and plans of where the cons are going but maybe they've heard that they're, that they're going to invest you know 100 million pound this summer um but that alone kind of tells me that there's that there's something there um so yeah i mean 
You're right. I mean, if if Savita signs a long-term deal or at least he's contracted longer to the club, then it's going to give players a better incentive to join. Um, you know, they, they they might want to be part of his plans, part of what he brings, um, and, and part of his style. So yeah, you, you are right, Russ. Okay, excellent. And I'm glad that you brought us into talking about Tom Kearney while we were going through talking about Savisa because I think this is significant as well, talking about recruitment and intent. Because I look at Kearney signing the new deal, like you just said, Scott, I think that sends a, a clear message that, hey, we're serious. We're going to pay our, our best players, going to give them new deals. They did well, and we're going to reward them. And I think that's also <coughs> another part of this with Kearney, and we'll also talk about Tim Ream. They were rewarded for the job that they did, and I think that's important. That sends a message, I think. So, John, I, w- I want to go back to you, and I want to talk a little bit about Kearney because I look at this. This is another sign for me of intent for Fulham because when I look at the players that we're targeting right now, I think it was very important to sign Kearney as soon as possible to set his wages at a certain level because he's your best player. You needed to put his wages at a place because then now you can slot everyone else at a certain wage level as well. But I think it was important to get him done uh, quickly. And now we can concentrate on other players because this whole goes goes back to the whole speculation with Ryan Fredericks that he was looking for, again, the speculation, looking for silly money. And Tom Kearney, in my opinion, needed to be your highest paid player. Now, that might not be the case. I don't know what they offered him, but I have a feeling he has to be up there. And I think it was important to get it done with him. Now you can concentrate on some of these other players, new players you want to bring in. What are your thoughts about these uh, significance of re-signing Tom Kearney? Oh, well, no, it's, it's another one of those um, must must do soonest uh, uh, signings. I, I think it was brilliant news. And the fact that we've signed him on a, a five-year, uh, was he 27, 28 now? Correct. Um, so he'll be in his early 30s. Um, he'll still be at Fulham. Um which for a, a midfielder isn't isn't a bad thing. Um, it'd be nice if he was a couple of years younger, so we could keep him there longer. But um, I, I no, I think it's fantastic news, and he's very important to the way the team ticks. We saw that at the start of the season when he was out injured, and when he was struggling uh, to get back up to speed when he came back in. Um, no, it's great. Uh, really, really good news. It's great news. I was very happy to see it. And uh, Scott, I want to go back to you. And uh, I'm going to give a little stick to some people that uh, are supporters of West Ham because my first thought was this was an FU to the people that support West Ham for all that crap that happened last season. I enjoyed this even more, Scott, because uh, they might have been interested. And again, Kearney now is under a new five-year deal. So this is very sweet to me. Your thoughts about the speculation that went back to last season? Yeah, I mean, I think, I mean, if we start back from last season, I think the situation you have to look at from a footballer's perspective is that, you know, we're sort of teetering on the edge of, or, or come January, we're sort of teetering on the edge of playoffs. Were we going to get in there? Were we not? So players naturally of Kearney's calibre, and even Fredericks, I think, are looking for a safety net. They're looking for an opportunity where right. if we don't make it, they naturally want to play at a higher level. Um, and you can't blame players in this day and age because, you know, there, there is no loyalty in football and it is all about career and it's about money. Uh, it's very rare these days that you get a player that commits to a club for the entirety of their um, 
their you know their their, their footballing career for us. Um, so we're always going to get that kind of situation. Um, a player is always going to look to better himself along his career. Um, you know, we're a Fulham football club, and we're going to get it again in the Premiership, where you know if they feel that they want to move on to the next level and play European Championship football, we're, we're going to end up being a, uh, um, a stepping stone. That's just sure. how it is. Um, the way that I see the Kenny and, and Frederick situation is a lot different. If you look at the two types of player, they're completely different. For me, Fredericks has the raw pace. Um, he's good with speed, but we all know that his end product is not very good. Um, and I feel a high level, his defensive qualities could be a little bit sceptical as well. Um sure. You know, for him, so for him to turn down an opportunity to go somewhere that's going to pay him fifty grand a week, you're going to play at a decent stadium under a decent coach. Um, you, you're going to take that. You're going to go. Um, and whether you know whether, whether Fredericks makes it or not, he's going to give it a good go. With Kenny, I feel it's different. I think with his type of play under Jukanovic's type of um, style, when we went up. Kearney, I feel, was always going to commit to the club because he's always going to do well as a player in that situation. Um, whether having poor games, tough games, I think he's always a player that's going to shine. So for him, I think it was a completely different situation. Um, so, that, so that's kind of kind of how I've seen it too, Russ. You know? um, I believe Kearney was always going to stay if we went up, but I always said that even if we went up, Frederick was going to go. I think you analysed that really good there, Scott, because, again... Um... Players want to do what's best for players, like you said, financially and also for their career. And uh, if Kearney had a chance to play in the Premier League and Fulham did not get up, that was probably what was going to happen in the very in, in the end. But obviously it did not work out that way. It worked out to, to our benefit because Fulham did get promoted and he stays with Fulham. And another part of this, and I'm glad that you talked about this, the difference between the two players, I actually think Fredericks also thrived in uh, Savisa's system. And uh, he probably will do okay in Pellegrini's system. Uh, he probably will. But with Kearney, Scott, I think it's a perfect fit to stay here because I think he just drives un- under Savisa. So I kind of understand how this all played out and that yeah. um, once we made promotion, he was going to stay. And you, and you end up being 100% right on that and sign a new deal. That makes sense. And they are different. You know, it's funny because I thought they were the same, Scott. You Basically, because I could not understand why Fredericks moved on. But as I'm thinking about it more and more, I think it was, you know, fait accompli, I hate to say it that way, that he was going to go, especially if we did not get promoted. We did get promoted. I thought he would stay. But I think things were in the works way before uh, Wembley. And I, I, I think he had his mind made up. And Oh, well, uh, without a doubt, Russ. And yeah. we, we, all know, we all know that the club, we're not going to make him the highest paid player. The highest no. paid player at this moment in nor time should is they. probably. Nor, nor should is, they, Scott. No, is you know is, is probably Kearney now, who's on fifty. He's probably on fifty grand a week, maybe a little bit more. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but you know, Fulham are not going to play Frederick's fifty grand a week. I know it's an average salary in the Premiership now, but you don't go guns blazing. You don't go giving out stupid salaries to players. Um, and I just feel that, you know, the club weren't prepared to pay him 50 yeah. grand a week. So that tells you that they feel that in that type of position, they could maybe replace or, or do better for the money. Right. And from Frederick's situation, he knows that he can go somewhere that well before January has told him, you can come to us, a nice fat signing on fee, 50 grand a week. And, He's already gone. You know, he was gone months ago, and and, and that's, that's what situation I with me. Yeah, 
And uh, that's the un- unfortunate part is that uh, I think in his mind, I shouldn't say, I, I, I thought if we got promoted that he would stay. But I think in his mind, he was already gone. That's that's uh, that's where I'm going on that. All right. Right back to you, Scott. Let's talk about Tim Ream. Uh, here's a player that has grown leaps and bounds over his time at Fulham. And uh, I remember his early days of, at Fulham. And uh, he got a good amount of stick. He wasn't living up to the player that I think Fulham uh, supporters thought he would be. But, boy, what a turnaround for Tim Ream. And he gets rewarded with a new deal. want to get your thoughts about his new contract and also the transformation of Tim Ream with Fulham. Yeah, no, I'm. I mean, I'm. I'm pleased that he's got a new contract. Um, he was a standout player last season. Very composed on the ball. Um, doesn't have bags full of pace, but you know he made defending at time look very effort, uh, effortlessly. Effortlessly is that the right word? Um, yeah. Effortless um, <laughs> by just taking a yard or two, um, moving a ball away from 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 a def, uh, from a striker. Um, and he fit that system really well. Um, is it going to be a different story in the Premiership? Of course it is. Um, tougher, faster forwards. Um, you know, we, we don't know whether Tim is going to fit into or survive in, in that arena. Um, we don't know if that's his level. However, I'm pleased that the club are, you know, they're rewarding these players that have helped us get up with new contracts. Whether they fit in the side or not, you know, they've been given what they deserve at the end of the day. Um, and, and that's mainly what I'm pleased for. Okay, excellent. John, over to you. Your thoughts about the new contract for Tim Ream? Yeah, I think it, it is good news. He he has uh, blossomed into um, a really good centre-back, which is when he first uh, signed, um, I was underwhelmed, uh, I think it's fair to say. But it, he's... It, his improvement has been incredible. And it's the other really good thing is that he's keeping uh, a good run of, a, of American players who've played for Fulham over the years um, and done really well for us and, and for themselves. Um, and I think that's a nice habit to have. Um, if, he, if he was Brazilian or Welsh, it wouldn't make an awful lot of difference. But it, it is a nice continuity there. Um, so and hopefully in the Premiership it will bring us a lot more um, American fans. The the fact that there is somebody who they could, Americans can readily identify with, and having American owners, I think that's going to become in, in, quite important. It's uh, just from a marketing side. Um, I, I think that that's going to you know, raise uh, a few pennies. Uh, into the coffers for for all sorts of things with with uh, various marketing that will will be going on stateside. So I, th- I think it's a good, a really good sign. Plus the fact is he is a pretty yeah half decent um, centre back. So yeah. Okay, excellent, John. Right back to you. There's been speculation that uh, Ryan Sessegnon could be signing a new deal with Fulham, and then I, I've also seen other speculation that some other yeah. Fulham players that the team could be talking to as well. What is the significance of uh, Fulham potentially signing their own players to uh, to new deals? I'm all for it. I, I, you know, again, this goes back to rewarding the players for a job well done, and and getting your best players uh, locked up for a longer period of time. Your thoughts about Sessignon and some of these other players that I believe that they're talking to? Well, the, um, Sessignon, um, 
and he he's just recently signed a a, a three year deal, didn't he? When when he no, turned eighteen. So yeah. um, the the fact that we're going to reward him with better wages and better terms, whatever, um, for being a Premiership player, it is is really good. I don't think there's any danger of him leaving Fulham anytime soon. Um, I think he's he's really at home with us. If one of the really big boys comes along, a, a Barcelona or a Real Madrid or whatever, um, then I think that might be different. But uh, I don't think he sees Tottenham as a really big boy. Um, and certainly, he... He knows that he's going to get game time with us. He knows that we're going to be playing a, a type of football that that suits him and will get him noticed and hopefully get him into the England team and hopefully progress his career in, in ways that he can only dream of at the moment, um, which I think if he went to somewhere like Spurs, he'd go there and he'd sit on the bench for... 99 games out of 100. He'd, yeah, he'd be I, used in cup games and, and he'd, he'd be wasted away. Totally agree. And, and that's why, for me, you know, people have asked me, where do I think he should go if it's not going to be with Fulham? And I, I've said Liverpool, just because from a style fit, I think he would fit in there. Not that I want him to go to Liverpool. Obviously, no, I no, don't. Yeah. But I looked, at, I looked at Klopp and I said, okay, he could fit there. But when I talk to my friends that support Liverpool, they see him as someone that – not going to be a regular starter. And I'm thinking, no, you, he needs to play regular football to progress in his career. And that's why it's got to be a situation that he's going to play regularly. And right now the best situation for him is at Fulham. But, you know, again, the big boys are going to come knocking and we're going to have to see how this all plays out. That's why I do think getting a new deal done with him is important. And yeah. Scott, I want to get your thoughts on this because uh, we've talked a great deal about Sessegnon. John brings up a good point. He just signed a deal. But I like the fact that potentially they're going to be rewarding Session and making it even more difficult for a team to basically take him away or, or make it more expensive if it got to that point. Talk about Session and also what is your thoughts on this? How do you feel about this? How do you think it's going to play out? Do you, are you confident that we will see Ryan Session in a foam shirt this season? Yeah, I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty confident we will do. I mean, we don't know whether they're... I mean, John was saying that he... I think he signed um, a professional contract when he turned... What was it, 17? 18. 18. 18. Um, and I think it was already written in a sort of a junior or pre-contract that he had before. Um, right. I mean, we we don't know whether the club has slipped something in there again that if, you know, we got promoted on the basis of his contract, it extends by such and such and you are entitled to so much money. It wouldn't put, put it past me um, if they've done something like that. Um, but, I mean, regardless of however you look at it, I, I think he's um, he's going to be, you know, an integral part of, of, of next season. You know, whether he gets in the side full-time or, you know, whether he's a bit part player for us, but he will play more in the Premiership than he will do by moving to Tottenham, uh, Manchester United, Liverpool. Right. Um, and, I, and I just don't feel that he's that type of player. Um, I don't feel he's a Roberts. I don't feel he's a Dembele. I, I do feel that he, you know, he's, he's homegrown and I do feel that... We'll see him for a few seasons more now until obviously um, the club have to sell him to, to raise funds or invest it back into the squad. 
See, that's the way I look at it, Scott. He's a Fulham player. He's been at Fulham since eight. And that just tells me, again, that he's grown up at Fulham and he's comfortable at Fulham. But you bring up a good point when we're talking about eventually they might need to raise funds and uh, he might be forced to be sold. Uh, That might happen, but hopefully that will take a few seasons before we get to that point because the amount of money that you could get for Session is just going to increase and increase, I believe. So his value isn't probably even at, at its peak at this point, especially if he plays well in the Premier League. And I expect uh, to see him in a foam shirt. I, I don't have any uh, reservations that that's going to happen. But, you know, anything can happen when it comes to football. We'll see. But I feel confident, like you, Scott, that uh, we'll see him this season in a foam shirt. All right, yeah. guys. I mean, he's 18, he's, he's Russ. Um, yes. You know, I mean, he, he's got his whole career ahead of him. He's he got does. another 10, 11, 12, 13 years in the game. Um, you know, he, he knows that he doesn't have to play at his peak now. We've seen it happen with Roberts. We, we You know, we, we, we've we seen players like Dembele move on. It's kind of not really going the way that he wanted. Look at Emerson either. Hyman. I, I hate to bring Emerson, him up. Yeah, Emerson Hyman. Um, I just feel that he's a proper grown, homegrown player. And I think he knows where his roots are. And I think yep. he knows that he will progress his career more by staying at the club until he's at least 23, 24. And he'll probably leave in his prime. But I still feel, I think we'll see another few seasons out of him at Fulham. I hope you're right there, Scott. All right, one final topic before I give you guys some topics from the Fulham supporters. And uh, this actually has some news that broke today. We are recording this on Tuesday. And uh, we received word on the uh, Fulham official Fulham uh, Twitter account that Stuart Gray was leaving the club. And uh, last week we had Scott Parker coming back to the club to be a coach. And I'm actually looking at this, Scott. Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I look at it as um, both being linked. Because when I saw that Scott Parker was coming back to be a coach, my first thought was, uh-oh, that might mean Stuart Gray is leaving. And that turns out to be the case. Maybe I'm wrong on this, but I see these two guys as being linked. Um, you know, again, I wish Stuart Gray the best. I think he did a nice job with Fulham, especially helping us uh, with our defensive issues. And, uh, you know, I, I hope everything turns out well for him. But uh, I want to get your thoughts on both of these guys. First on Stuart Gray leaving Fulham and then, of course, Scott Parker returning to Fulham. Is that me, Russ? Yes. Yes, to you, Scott. Sorry, mate. I, I, was, just, I, was, just, I was just a little bit distracted. I've just... Um... Just on Twitter now, the club have actually pushed something out um, in regards to Scott Parker discussing his, um, his transition from tem- from teammate to coach and the challenge that awaits him in the Premier League. So they released a video um, interview 11 minutes ago. So that's just come out. So maybe oh, okay, that will give great. us a bit more. Yeah, that will maybe give us a bit more in depth in regards to what this is. I mean, for me, like you say, Russ, it's for me, it's one in, one out. Um, was Gray already on his way? I think so. Um, I think I've already expressed that when Gray came into the club, I feel that he wasn't really part of um, the setup with with Djokovic. I think uh, or Djokovic, sorry, I feel he was there before he come. Um, maybe hasn't settled into you know um, the coaching staff as much as he wanted to, and um, maybe there's there's a future elsewhere for him and the club have had to go out and find a replacement, and they've done that in Scott Parker. Um, we all know Scott Parker kind of left under not a cloud but uh, kind of a, a difficult time at the club um, you know, things have improved and he's always stated that you know Fulham Football Club was um, a good venture for him and he enjoyed working with the staff and everyone else and 
he's probably back doing now what he's good at. And I think if you look at the two calibre of people as a head coach, you look at Stuart Gray and then you look at Scott Parker with how he got on well with the younger players or just as a general person around the club, um, maybe we've improved in that area. Maybe, maybe also it's an upgrade, you know? Interesting. Interesting way to look at that, Scott. John, I want to get your thoughts on Stuart Gray leaving and Scott Parker coming back to uh, be a coach. I see them as linked. Maybe they're not. That's just the way I'm looking at it. Like Scott said, one in, one out. That's the way I'm I'm looking at it. And Scott brings up a good point. Could this potentially be an upgrade because Scott Parker is younger, can relate to the players? Even though I like Stuart Gray, could this potentially be an upgrade as a coach? Well, I, I guess the, the thing is that Scott's got to prove himself as a coach, um, whereas Stuart had. Um, so it might be a bit of a gamble. It, it might be one of those things that actually it's, it is just a no-brainer as far as um, Djukanovic and, and the rest of the, the uh, coaching staff. They just see him as a, a natural fit for reasons that, that we don't know because we don't see what goes on on the training ground or the, the planning meetings or the this is what we're trying to achieve, guys. Let, how, how are we going to get, go about this type meetings? Um, I'm, I'm yet to, to really understand what, what Stuart Gray's role really was and what Scott Parker's role is going to be. Um, my main concern was that Scott Parker was coming in as a, an heir apparent to Djukanovic, and um, oh. I'm, that that wouldn't make me a happy bunny at all. <laughs> um, but I, I, I'm on the fence on this one. I, I, I do think it is one in, one out. Right. Um, whether it's an upgrade, whether it's um, a downgrade, or whether it's just the status quo, I don't know. Um, and I guess we'll find out. But uh, it, it's interesting. I mean, I, if it had been Danny Murphy coming back in rather than Scott Parker, yep. I'd have been a very, very happy bunny. Um, oh, he's my favorite player of all time, by the way. Yeah. Uh, well, it, it's just I, I, don't, I don't understand um, Scott Parker's qualities as um, on, on the coaching side. I, I know how good he was um, as a player, um, but I, he, he just reminds me far too much of Ray Wilkins, I'm afraid. Oh, wow. Okay. Very interesting. Scott, I want to go back to you. I want to get your thoughts on what John just shared about Scott Parker. And I'm glad that you mentioned this, and uh, I certainly will be um, watching the uh, video that the uh, club put on its official Twitter account. We're doing the show. Unfortunately, I can't watch it, but I definitely will and I'll have to see what Scott Parker has to share. But what are your thoughts on what John just uh, said about his thoughts on Scott Parker? Yeah, I've, you know, when it comes to Scott Parker, I think um, I think John's right, you know, from from a certain extent where he's not a proven coach. I mean, he's gone off to Tottenham. Um, you know, he jumped ship. Um, he joined Tottenham to 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 do some work at their academy. I think he also went and done done his badges there, his coaching badges, um, and obviously he's now come back. You know now that we've got premiership football. So you can look at this two or three ways. And John is quite right that, 
you know, Stuart Gray come in at a time where there was a bit of turmoil in the club. Um, you know, he, he had to take control of the first team. Um, and then he's obviously remained, um, you know, when Djukanovic come in. You know, he's had to fit into that system. And we know it's a completely different system that he's had working with Sheffield Wednesday to, to what Savisa's got. Um, but, you know, you've got to look at um, Gray and say that, you know, he was highly recommended by a lot of people um, in regards to coaching, especially his defensive qualities and stuff right. like that. And we all know that we struggled defensively under Djukanovic for, for long periods of time. And then, you know, that, that improved. So... Was that down to Gray? Was that down to persistent coaching from him to kind of shore us up? And, you know, John is right. I mean, Scott Parker's come in. You know, it's a new challenge. It's a completely different league. Um, you know, and we are going to have to defend for our lives in this division. Um, we just don't know. You know, this, this, this could be a stroke of genius, um, but this could also come back and, and, and really bite us on, on the foot, you know? It's funny. It's uh, you kind of nailed how I feel about this, Scott. Because uh, again, I'm not there at training. I don't know the influence that Stuart Gray had. I, I I do know how well thought of he is. Like you said, around the football community, and uh, he's known for his defensive prowess. So you know, we could see the changes. And uh, I, you know, I was giving him credit. I, I really don't know. Um, you know, I I have to think though that he must have had some kind of influence because that his is his background because we did improve. So that's one of the things that I was thinking about. This was a, a concern defensively without Stuart Gray, but we'll have to see. And I'll, I'll give uh, Scott Parker every chance as a coach. And, uh, but we just don't know. We, we don't know what he's going to bring. It could be excellent or it could be the exact opposite. We just don't know at this point, but I certainly am willing to give him a chance. And um, the club brought him in for a reason. And we'll see if uh, Scott Parker works out as a coach. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, another thing. I mean, yeah. another, sorry, Ryan, just before we go on. I mean, another sure. thing, another way to look at it is that you know, when we're up here and we're trying to entice players, and we're looking at maybe sort of, um, you know, you look at it and think Stuart Gray or Scott Parker, who's going to have the more pull? Um, and it's definitely going to pull more with Parker. Scott Parker, absolutely. If you know, if, if, if you know Parker, so it, we could be looking at it like that, but we just don't know. Again, it's, yeah. it's unproven territory for us, and it's unproven territory for him. And we're unfortunately, only going to find out once we get into it. So <laughs> that's right. But that's actually a very good angle to look at it. His uh, reputation and what that might bring. His pull. Because, you know, if, if you're a player and you know that he's on the coach stuff, maybe, you know, again, that, that could have a little bit of, of influence. So that's a, that's a very interesting way to look at that, Scott. All right, quickly, let's end with just a, a few questions here from the phone supporters. I'm going to start with James Doughton. He actually tweeted this to the Cottage Talk Twitter page. And, Scott, I'll go right to you, and then, John, I'll go to you, because I think both of you will like this question. And we'll, we'll do this quickly. Scott, how many players will we need in this transfer window? And what is the top three wish list for you? Um, I mean, I mean, how many? I mean, how many is a figure? I mean, it's more than it's more than three and four, but it's it's slightly less than eleven. Um, <laughs> I don't think we go. We we, we need to be changing everything, sure. um, but we also don't need to be uh, bringing in the bare minimum. I mean, for me, you've got to be looking at eight first team players. That That's what I'm that looking door. at. Somewhere around. Um, I mean, you've got to look at certain positions that we need to strengthen in. I mean, there's positions that I feel that we do need to strengthen in, which I don't feel the club are. Um, you know, but we're all we're all going to have different opinions in regards to what we do. But sure. I, I personally feel that there's around about 
eight players minimum of first team quality players that we need to bring in and then around that we're still going to need to bring in I reckon another three four individual players to maybe beef out the squad um, you know that are, that are squad players um, okay. but that's, that's where I feel we need to be with it really okay and uh and they're with you. I think I've already said it a few times, like five to seven to eight. But um, you could be right, maybe even more. Like, you know, like you said, first team players around there and then some other squad players to go along with that. I see where you're going on that. Scott, uh, anyone on your wish list? You know, uh, James asked for three players on your wish list. Um, I think I think Mitrovic is a must. I think he must come back purely because of um, being part of that integral side that come up. Um, I don't think he's going to be your, you know, he's not going to be how our 15 goal a season striker. Um, you're not going to get that from him at that level. He may get you eight to ten goals a season, but what you will get from him is an is a hold up tight play, someone that's going to rough defenders up while you can play, maybe a bit more of a technical forward. Um, you know, so I'm I, I'm looking at him, another big name forward. Um, I would like another centre-half and a good box-to-box midfielder is my wish list. If there's any more coming through the door, then I'll be happy. Um, but then I've also said that I feel that we need to be upgrading in the goalkeeper department. Um, right. I look at I look at clubs that have come up and they've all kind of signed, you know, a proven quality goalkeeper. Um, but from the rumours that have been going around, obviously with Tim Kroll coming in, it seems to me that, that Bettinelli is probably going to stay um, with Kroll maybe coming in to push him for the number one position. Okay, excellent there. All right, John, over to you. Your thoughts yeah, on this? Uh, I'd, I'd agree with, with uh, everything Scott said there. Uh, I think Mitro is going to be a, um, a, a big signing for, for us fans. Anyway, we've seen him last season. I I don't expect him to do anywhere near as well as um, he did for us the latter half or, you know, the half season he's with us next season. But um, I, when he when he does finally get around to putting pen to paper, I'll, I'll be really, really pleased. Um, and I'd love to see him get his hat-trick against Newcastle. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, and, and it's the... It is the... I think we've... We've got something like uh, 15 or 16 first-team players at the moment. Right. Um, that's, that's without counting the uh, the youth team who can step up. So we're going to need a minimum squad of, of 24. So there, there's, um, there, there's eight players straight away that we're going to need, um, plus one or two others that just to beef up the squad. Because by the time you've got international duties and you've got injuries and suspensions and playing two two games close together, et cetera, et cetera, we, our squad is too thin. Um, and we need the quality and we need the, the right type of players. Um, as to who those individuals are, well, you know, two days ago, Siri wouldn't even been on my radar. Um, but he is now. So... Oh. Uh, if we get somebody like that, Mitro, uh, I, I have a sneaking suspicion that we're going to get um, Caballero from Wolves. I, 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 I would think, like to see that happen. I think we're going to get him. I really do. Um, and there's uh, 
was it a um uh, the the guy from AC Milan um the and the there's the the German player uh fall back as well that we're talking about so there, there's some interesting names um going around um but yeah we we need a minimum of eight players i think okay excellent all right guys i have one final topic for you and uh then we'll, we'll wrap up this show this is from eric hadrick on the uh cottage talk uh facebook page and Thank you, everyone, for your questions. We're just running short of time. So this is the final question, and uh, I will give it to both of you. John, I'll start with you. Here's his question. Do you think making new signings so late in the window could cause some disruption in the team for the start of the season, a bit like what happened the first few months of the 2017-2018 season? First to you, John. Um, Yes, of course, it it, it could. Um, But I think far more important, than any new player signing for 17-18 season was um, the fact that Tom Kearney wasn't there. Um, so it, it was that by having by having new players come in, they, they can either create a spark that makes another guy say, well, hey, he's, he's in my position, so I've got to play better um, just to keep my place. Or it's going to be... Um, well, this guy's just walked straight in, so what the hell's going on? Uh, but I, I think everyone's going to have to earn their place. It doesn't matter who they are, how big a name they are, um, that they're going to have to fit into the system. And Djukanovic's system is a little different to everyone else's. So signing people on, on deadline day is not a good idea. Okay, excellent. Scott, your thoughts? Yeah, um, I mean, signing people late in the window is never very good. But I mean, this is where you know, if our supposed stats team is doing their job properly, um, I think we, rather than just going out and signing people this time around, we need to be signing strategic players that are going to fit into that system quickly. Um, you know, whether this Siri you know deal comes off or not, um, we'll, we'll wait and see. But when I was looking at it, all the statistics today, um, you had Kearney, you I think last two seasons was a top passer of the ball in the championship with something like 3,000 passes in the first season and suppressed that the following season and the same was with Siri in the French division um, but a higher level you know so they're already looking at players I think statistically that can you know can fit into Savisa's type of system um, it has to be so right this league is is so unforgiving. The championship, you'll get away with half a season before you can kind of, you know, get into your rhythm and actually do something. As we all know in the premiership, you give it half a season, you're relegated. It's as simple as that. Um, so there has to be, you know, I don't think we need to go out signing tons of players that don't fit a system and we don't need to be doing it sort of right near the end of the window but we need to be doing it strategically well we've got players that can come in you know and fit into that system straight away okay excellent guys fantastic show i've really enjoyed this john thank you so much for joining me again i i, I said this the last time i hope you can do this again sometime soon i, I would love to it, it, it has been a real pleasure and uh having to uh Having to actually th- 
talk about what's what we think is going on um, and get different points of view is 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 always interesting, um, and I'm sure that an awful lot of people will, won't agree with anything we've said, and you'll get <laughs> others that that do. Uh, sure. But that's that's the whole beauty of it, isn't it? That's it's, right. It's all about opinions, and uh, no, it's mm. it's been really good. Really enjoyed myself, Russ. Thank you very much. Well, like I mentioned, I do hope you come back soon, my friend. You were excellent, and uh, I enjoyed doing the show with you and Scott. Scott, my friend, we've been doing this a long time. Always enjoy doing it. Don't be a stranger. I know I say that to you every time. No, no, I won't, Russ. Um, just before I go, um, yep. if I can just touch on something, um, just to let the viewers know. So on the forum, as we know, um, naturally with, with, with promotion, we've, we've become, you know, activities become a lot bigger now. Um, we seem to have a few more people creeping back, especially sort of overseas fans, etc. Um, right. So you'll notice that the activity on there is, is getting a little bit more busier. So, um, I mean, obviously with that, you get more kind of debates, you get more topics ongoing. So just to sort of say to people, you know, pop in, register if you haven't. Um, I mean, we've added a couple of bits back. I mean, we've we, we've started the overseas forum again for any of those guys um, from the States or whatever that want to jump back on. Um, you know, and have a chat in the early hours, as we call it. Um, we've updated, um, or John's updated the actual um, the fans forum sticky. So we've got links to all of the fans forums across the Premiership now. Arsenal, you know, Manchester United. So every sort of week, um, you know, you can go and visit that. So we've done a little bit of revamping. And one of the things that they should check out as well, I don't know if you've seen it, Rusty, is that brilliant background that John done of the white wall that sits now at the yes. back of the forum. Yes. Um, John's done a really good job with that. Um, it really does look the business. So um, I'd encourage people to go and have a look. Absolutely. You guys do a wonderful job at Friends of Fulham. I was telling John before we started, Scott, that uh, every morning, this is what I do. I go to Friends of Fulham. I wake up very early here in the States. And really, the first place I go, that's where I go. That's where I go and get my information before I go to Twitter, before I go to Facebook. I go to Friends of Fulham. And right now I'm, you know, and again, I'm, I'm not, you know me, Scott, I'm not crazy about the silly season, but I have to keep up to date with what's going on. And that's well, the I go to. <laughs> but the thing is, and this is the funniest thing. So if you go on to the silly season thread at the moment, right, yeah. and it's how ridiculous it becomes. Yeah. We have, if let's have a look, we have 75, I'm just having a quick look, we have 75 pages of absolute rubbish before we made any kind of before we signed any player there's about 25,000 page views there's about 17,000 arguments it's, it's oh it's wonderful though scott it, it really but, is it's, it's wonderful it goes, on every, it, go, it goes on every year and then people yeah. turn around and say can we, can we just post you know can we just post rumors in here and everything and then someone goes on a tandem and then you get like a 10 page thing about someone oh it's great though. I, love it, though. I love it man <laughs> I, I truly love it I love going on Friends of Form and seeing the back and forth. It's just, it's, it's fun, you know. And again, I understand why so many people like the transfer window. It's, but for me, what drives me crazy is stuff like the whole series situation because of the unknown, you know, all the rumors. It makes me a little bit nuts, but I see the fun in it as well. So it really is both sides of the coin. There's the good side of the uh, silly season, and then there's the side that makes you nuts. And uh, I guess I just need to concentrate more on the side that's fun, because there is a fun part of it, too. All right. Yeah. Great show, guys. Fantastic show. But let's wrap this up. For Scott Tanfield and John Cummins from Friends of Foam, I'm Russ Goldman. Thank you, as always, for listening to Cottage Talk.
Whether taking a road trip to the beach, heading to the mountains, or driving to the city, summer adventures are nonstop fun in a new Honda. But let's face it, summer trips can really add up. That's why I love the fuel efficiency of Honda. With Honda, you can save your money for other things, like that awesome keychain at the convenience store, that brand new album you wanted, or whatever else your heart desires. New Hondas are arriving daily. See your local Honda dealer and start your summer adventures today. Take care of your property with equipment you can count on, like the Kubota BX and LO1 Series compact tractors, part of our under 100 horsepower tractor lineup, rated number one for reliability, and Z Series mowers and sidekick utility vehicles, where durability meets speed. Visit your local Kubota dealer for a demo today. Go to KubotaUSA.com for full disclaimer. Visit GoKubota.com for a dealer near you. It's the 90th minute and all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.